welcome to the Silicon Slopes podcast. Today I'm joined by Nate Bowden, who's the Chief Technology Officer of NICE CX1. How are you, Nate? Hey, doing great. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, all right, let's just jump right in because I know a lot of folks are familiar with NICE, NICE in Contact, NICE CX1, but um, what is NICE CX1? What does the company do? You know, the easiest way I like to describe it is we connect people. You know, uh, especially, you know, during the pandemic and things, uh, you know, the human connection has been something that's, that we've all kind of missed. It's been, the, and so what we do is we provide uh, software solutions to connect uh, businesses to their customers. So uh, traditionally, you can think of things like contact centers. If, you know, if you want to, you have a question, you want to make an order, you want to check your balance, you want a, a technician to come to your house, you would contact some type of business. And then that business would do something and, you know, hopefully solve your issue or sell you a service or whatever. And so what, what uh, NICEX1 does is we, we kind of wrap that experience together uh, in all the different software products that you need in order to have a great experience, uh, connecting yourself to, the, to your customers. Uh, so we were acquired about five years ago, uh, almost five years ago. We were called in contact at the time. Uh, NICE acquired us for about a billion dollars. Uh, and what InContact focused on at that time is the software call routing. Uh, so we did a software as a service based uh, solution to allow um, somebody to take their contact center from being, you know, an on-premise physical installation uh, to being something where we handled all of the, all of that. Uh, and as long as you had an internet connection and, and some type of computer or a phone, uh, you could you could start providing services from wherever it was that you that you were located. And so that's kind of what we do is we we do the services that make a contact center great that allow a customer to know uh, that they're being effective in their interactions with their customers. Uh, we do analytics on those interactions. We provide insights and AI into how to better serve your customers, what they may, you know, to anticipate what they may need uh, and those kinds of services. Got it. For sure, connecting people. And um, who are some of your, your customers? Do you focus on big enterprises or big, small, medium? I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's really all over the place. We have some of the very largest entities in the world, uh, you know, everything from like uh, the TSA uh, doing their recordings for every, uh, uh, every traffic control uh, uh, record going through uh, some of the largest financial institutions in the world, uh, down to very small customers who, uh, you know, ev every company in the world needs to connect to their customer. And with the cloud and with a subscription model, we've democratized that. So we've made it so the smallest companies and the largest companies have access to the similar tools. Uh, it's much easier to set up. It's much easier for them to maintain. They don't need to have a very large IT organization supporting their services or, or working on it. Uh, we kind of handle that for them. And so uh, we really are all over, uh, all over the place. Uh, historically, as, as in contact, we focused more on uh, kind of the small to medium business because they were the early adopters to the cloud. Uh, they were the first ones in because it gave them an opportunity to to get some of the later uh, newest technology, not have to manage, you know, long upgrade cycles and expensive equipment. Uh, and for a monthly subscription type fee, they had access to cutting edge software. Uh, and then, you know, later on, uh, larger entities, larger enterprises have, have come aboard as, as everyone's recognized that this whole cloud thing isn't going away. 
And, uh, you know, that it's, there's actually an ROI that goes far beyond cost uh, with the speed to innovation and the integration to other, other players and those kind of things that you get with the cloud service. Got it. So I have a, I have a very low bar as far as like customer services that pertains to me. If uh, something doesn't show up or if it's broken, I usually just uh, call it good. Um, because it's been so painful. Um, I probably the, over the years, the one I've called the most would be like a phone provider. Right. Um, but, uh, I think I'm an outlier in that I, uh, don't expect <laughs> good customer service, but for your, you know, your customers, a big value add is that they do provide good customer service. And, um, so if, you know, using a phone provider, just as an example, whether it's true or not, um, you, get a lot of calls about a phone not working or a, a bill that was incorrect. And um, if you're listened to and you, if you're helped, you probably stay as a customer. That's a very simple premise, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, especially uh, in some of those types of industries, we've come, we've become accustomed to a very low bar of service. You know, we, we actually feel like our, uh, our expectations of, of, are, are met if we have that low bar of service. And, but what's, what's happened in the last uh, handful of years is, you know, the, the world has undergone this digital transformation and expectations change with that. Um, most people aren't just picking up a phone and making a call. Uh, they might uh, be entering a social media app. They may, you know, they may actually just tweet online something about their experience with the company. Uh, they, you know, they may want to be contacted uh, via a text message or, or whatever. And so using your example, you know, how much better would it be if that uh, phone provider had adequate analytics on what was happening and they would proactively send something out to you and say, hey, we noticed that your service has been degraded. We've made we've gone ahead and made this upgrade or we've noticed that it started to degrade. Um, we've sent uh, technicians out in your neighborhood and they're going to be you know, doing this or, or whatever. And so you know, we, we're all over the place with, with those kinds of things as far as using AI and analytics uh, with the data we have. If you think about it, you know, if you're that phone provider, you might get a, um, a couple of million calls a week or a few million contacts, maybe even a day. And that's a wealth of information as to what's actually going on with your customers. What are they thinking about? How do they feel? What type of sentiment do they have as they're interacting with you? Uh, are they mentioning your competitors all the time? Um, what, what are the reasons uh, for that? And how do you determine and how, how do you actually know if you had a positive outcome? So those are the, you know, it, where the industry is going far beyond just simply can you connect a person to you know an agent or or even a bot uh, that may be able to answer what they need or, or address them you know our expectations as consumers are really increasing in those areas uh, to the point that you know those those phone companies and everyone else they're recognizing that that low bar is not enough especially in a democratized technology world where you could just go to another provider and you probably would have a somewhat similar experience. And so they have to find ways to differentiate and it's that customer experience that's going to be that differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned a lot of, of kind of big words as far as like AI and machine learning and um, millions of calls, millions of data points. So this is what you and your team build, right? Like this service and this uh, software and this technology that you can uh, shed light to your customers about their customers. So 
how does that work where uh, you've got a customer and um, you've got all this all these data points and uh, you're able to see trends and stuff do you guys help them with uh, here's what we would do or do you pass that information off and and let them do what they think is best yeah that's a great question and, and uh, the answer is absolutely we try and be proactive yeah you know and, and certainly uh, depending on the level of service package you pay for and stuff you'll get more of the the proactive insights and and those kind of things but you know we that's one of the things that we've really really recognized is that as, as the keepers of the data of the interactions uh, we have a wealth of knowledge and a, and a wealth of possibility of things that we can do you know as, as one example uh, you know you we actually have a technology that allows you uh, to connect a person uh, to an agent that has a matching personality type. Uh, there's data that shows that certain personality types uh, are, are really compatible with each other. And you might be led to have a more favorable outcome if you have somebody that has you know, a, a common personality type. And so if you think about it, your cell phone number that you may have used for the last decade plus, you've interacted with thousands of companies probably. And, uh, you know, and those are data points uh, that can be brought together. And we might know, hey, you know, Garrett uh, does particularly well when somebody with this type of personality uh, comes in or, hey, this is Garrett calling again. Uh, he's called three out of the last four times and it's been about his, uh, his uh, phone service. Um, why don't we ask proactively, is this call about the phone service, cut through the whole tree and get right to that person that would have the ability to, to address it. So it's, it's about taking the insights and the, the analytics on, on that truly amazing amount of data um, between a customer and their customers that can really be a differentiator. I mean, if you think about it, even 10, 20 years ago, it was impossible for a company to really know what was going on with their customers and, and how they felt what they were thinking of, uh, what they were interacting with. Uh, and now that's uh, readily available to them. Uh, and it's, regardless of whatever channel they're using, you know, they can use WhatsApp or Facebook or, or an SMS message or a tweet or a phone call. And yet we can still know, you know, this is an interaction with your customer and this is how they're feeling. All right. That's very interesting because, uh, that seems like a no brainer, but it obviously takes a lot of brains and a lot of technology and a lot of time to uh, figure that out. Yeah, it's a little rough, you know, if you're, uh, you don't want to talk to a 24 year old millennial. Uh, I'd much rather talk to like a 45 year old kind of grumpy person because um, they would relate a lot better, right? And uh, the pain points are probably similar and the understanding of how the world works is probably similar. And so you're able to kind of, that just one data point that's kind of fun, right? Um, kind of prove that the interaction and the customer service and ultimately trickle down to the, to the bottom line is better if they're interacting with folks that uh, can at least practice some sort of empathy, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the way I like to describe it is for every one of our customers, we are their connection to their customers. You know, sometimes we are their cash register. You know, we're, we're the way that they, they uh, conduct uh, new business, they make sales, those kind of things. Sometimes we're their service arm. I mean, we have customers, uh, you know, we have surgeons who get on and do consults uh, in hospitals, uh, talk, you know, doing uh, translations and uh, letting people know what's going on there. We have, uh, you know, lawyers and we have engineers and, you know, all the way to, you know, every industry you can think of. And if you look at, at uh, the marriage of technology with customer service, 
Uh, and then when you add the analytics and the data um, on the inside of it and then start using AI to make uh, help make better informed decisions or help that consumer know a little bit more about what's going on, it, it, that's really where things are going. You know, we just acquired a company a few months ago that uh, really specializes in knowledge management. And so, you know, you can imagine maybe you're having a problem with uh, a product you just purchased and, you know, you don't actually usually go to that company's website, you'll go to Google or whatever, and you'll, you'll type in, you know, why isn't my dishwasher working? Or I hear a sound when this happens or, or whatever. And so the, you know, this new company that we acquired, uh, which we've integrated into our suite of products, it allows you to, you know, from that, whatever their digital doorstep is, whether it's uh, from the search engine or from, you know, wherever it is that they, they initiated it, they can go in and, and start a contact that can elevate to an agent or a bot can handle it. And the idea is that uh, you can deflect if you need to, so that you can, you know, if, if some of us don't ever want to talk to anybody. We would rather just, just get our, our uh, issues resolved right away. And so we, we allow that as well. A lot of bases to cover because uh, people will always find a way to complain and uh, and be discontented. Um, of all the industries out there, and it sounds like you guys interact with a lot of them, um, you know, the, there's probably not enough money in the world for me to be the customer support head or CX lead of an airline, right? That one seems like it's just Armageddon uh, constantly. Um, are there any industries that over your time... Um, you've seen that are uh, more prickly or, or harder to deal with? And do you guys kind of tackle those specifically as you build out um, your technology or do you prefer your technology can cover any industry? You know, we start with a platform that can cover any industry. And then we specialize from a vertical perspective. We, we have a, a, a customer uh, uh, advocacy group, uh, of, uh, you know, where we, we select executives from a bunch of different industries we meet with them uh, for a product board, getting their feedback to understand what is it that really works for them, what doesn't work for them. You know, our product group meets uh, very closely with them. And so, you know, we do a lot of those things. What, what I'll tell you is every industry at its heart still has the same common need. They've got to connect somehow. They need to make an impression to their customer, whether that, you know, is, is service where maybe you're not getting any extra money for that service, but what you're hoping is that, by providing excellent service that you're going to have better renewals or they'll, they'll stay on longer or direct sales or, you know, or, or any of those things. I mean, we have, we have customers of every industry and I'll, I'll say certainly that pr the more prickly ones are the ones that have higher levels of, you know, kind of federal regulation, uh, those things, uh, you know, healthcare providers, government entities, those kinds of things. But what we do for them is we try and obfuscate a lot of that complexity and, and the prickliness uh, from there by uh, encompassing it in the platform. You know, we, we have many different uh, security attestations and certifications, uh, if, you know, depending on what, what level of uh, security or compliance you need for your industry. You know, we'll put you in a certain environment in our, in our cloud and, and uh, they can go from there. But, uh, you know, certainly I, I'd say... Uh, there are reasons that certain industries have reputations, uh, but uh, you know we're working really hard to try and make those positive experiences as well. You know, going back to the the airline example, you know, I'll tell you one of my very favorite 
uh, things is some of the the enhancements that have been done in the airline industry to make it very easy to know that I'm checked in, my bags are ready, or they're delayed, or you know, in those proactive notifications that come out to me. Uh, it makes it a lot easier than, you know, I've, I think all of us that have traveled for a while, we've been in that situation where you're at the airport and you're looking up and all of a sudden the gate information is different and you're scrambling and running to, you know, the next uh, jetway to try and make it. Uh, but then, uh, you know, now we at least have the ability to connect people and, and have them know that that stuff's happening. So even if it's going to be a bad experience, they at least know about it. And they're not surprised uh, at the last second. Yeah, I can imagine. I bet there's a lot of airline folks that have worked 30, 40 years in the industry and are getting ready to retire that wish that uh, these capabilities existed in the 80s and 90s because I'm sure they've got a lot of battle scars. Uh, a couple more questions. So um, once you've got a customer and you know they need this service because of this, um, they're onboarded and all of that, I assume there's tons of processes that go into that. But um, What's the inter interaction like after their customer? Um, is it weekly check-ins? Like how do they kind of tweak and mold the service working with you guys? I mean, on multiple levels, there's, there's touch points at several different levels. I mean, we have a 24-7, 365 support organization. You know, if they ever have any issues or, you know, their challenges, uh, they're not getting the results that they're looking for, any of that kind of stuff. They certainly have uh, that available to them. We also have technical account managers who they work directly with who will, will really get to know their business and can help bring in some expert consultants to, to know, okay, you know, if you're an airline, um, here are some best practices that we've seen. Here are some things that are working really well in your industry or, you know, is, you know because we have so, you know, thousands of customers across many different industries, you know, handling millions of these calls every day, uh, we have a lot of data and we have a lot of insights where we can see, well, you know, these are the types of, of results that are really happening. Everything from when you call up, you know, press one for this, press two for that. There are best practices about what to do and how to, you know, nobody wants to be sitting in a phone tree forever. Nobody, nobody wants that, you know, something as simple as, as, Hey, you know, uh, we see, you know, we, we are, we are overloaded right now. We can save your spot push this button and we will call back on the number you called at the time. So you don't have to sit there and wait. You know, I mean, there's, there's a million of those kind of things that you can do to try and make for a better experience. And so we have experts uh, in our professional services and implementation in our services organization that guide those customers through what those best practices are and then help them understand the reporting and the analytics around it to know how effective it is. Uh, we also do things where, you know, you, you can do some A-B testing you know, try this flow, uh, send it, you know, send some, some of your customers over to this flow and then try that one over there and see which one's getting the better results for you and those kind of things. Very interesting. What a world. Um, so you've been um, with NICE, CX1, NICE in Contact, all the iterations for 13 and a half years. Um, so I've done a lot of these podcasts and I interact with a lot of folks throughout the day. Um, that's kind of long in this modern world. Um, How's that journey been for you over the years? And um, what's your favorite part of, of being a CTO of a, of a big growing technology company? You know, Garrett, I think uh, it's amazing as I look at it that, you know, I've, I've been here 13 and a half years or so. And yet in that time, I think I've worked for four or five different company names. 
Um, when I joined, uh, I, I had actually been uh, working for a, a very large uh, company uh, doing public safety software uh, prior to coming here, doing 911 dispatch and police records, uh, those kind of things. And, and I loved it. And I got a call from a former coworker and he said, hey, Nate, you got you to gotta check out what this company's doing. It was called UCN at the time. And they had made this transition from being kind of a telecom reseller to being a software as a service provider for contact centers. And I said, you know, I'm not really that interested. Uh, call centers aren't super exciting to me. You know, it's not something I wake up in the morning thinking I really want to be part of. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. It's about connecting people. It's about, it's about servicing companies and, and creating connections and trying to find positive experiences. And we're doing it in the cloud. We're doing it as a subscription model. Uh, we're trying to do some things that have never been done before. And so that sounded pretty exciting. I joined the company back in 2008. Uh, and ever since it's, you know, as I look back with distance, it's been a meteoric rise. Uh, the, the, just the, the in contact or an ICX1 portion has grown from about 150 people that time to probably about 2,500 today. Um, you know, we've, we've had multiple company names, we have mo multiple focuses. We joined with NICE about five years ago. And at the time created the, the world's first, you know, truly, uh, you know, kind of 360 view of the customer uh, and a subscription model to connect people. And so uh, it's been really exciting. Uh, the, the thing that's kept me here is, you know, every three or four years, there's been a reinvention. It's, a, you know, you're marrying software with customer service with the expectations of an ever more connected people. And so, you know, it's incredibly fast paced. It's incredibly fast moving, uh, a lot of growth. I mean, I have hundreds of positions on my team that are open right now uh, as, as we're growing. Uh, you know, I've got employees in 10 different time zones. Uh, so, you know, just a, a tremendous opportunity and, and growth and we're doing some really exciting things. So that's kind of what, what's kept me there. As far as what, you know, about being a CTO of a larger organization like this, uh, you know, the thing that I like the most is, is feeling like I can make a difference. You know, it's, it's pretty exciting to, to look at the scale and, you know, we're not dealing with just small customers. Now, you know, we can make changes and we can do things, we can create features and products that literally millions of people will be connected with. And, you know, certainly during the whole COVID pandemic, uh, that was even more important, you know, 18 months ago when, when all of us went home and, uh, you know, left our, uh, our offices and, you know, there was a mad scramble by many, many companies throughout the world of how do we keep connected? How do we keep our employees connected during this time? And, you know, it was great to be a part of the solution, uh, to be one of those helpers that, that connect people. You know, we have uh, 911 and we have uh, the 211 and suicide hotlines and, you know, a federal emergency response and other things that, that all use our solution to try and help people when they need help. So that's kind of the thing that I draw on the most is, you know, there's certainly challenges of being part of a, a growing organization that's defining new boundaries. But uh, what really drives me is feeling like I'm making a difference. Yeah, very cool. And, um, you know, and whenever you decide to hang up the old uh, the boots, whether that's in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or never, theoretically, um, I'm sure you've got a lot of ideas being a technologist on what's possible out there with the software and the hardware and people's brains and machine learning. Um, when you look back, once you've hung them up, um, what do you think will have come to fruition based on your imagination and, and what you think is, is possible and what do you think might be a bridge too far? You know, I, 
That's a great question. And, and what I'd say is the bridge too far is getting to be at the point where, you know, we all know it and we feel it. It's when the, when an entity is annoying us and, and they're, they're doing, you know, they're needling you rather than helping you. And so where, where we, I will know that we won is when you're having excellent proactive communication from the entities you want to correspond with uh, solving problems that you want solved, uh, transacting business the way that you want to in whatever channel that you want to, and you know, and not the reverse of that of the the you know the bunch of calls that you don't want to have annoying you in the you know in the middle of night or or whatever, you know. And so where where I think the industry is going to go is and and is going is this recognition that it's not just about these blast outs. Um, to, you know, just hoping that, you know, some scattershot hits somebody who might be interested. It's understanding more about you and about your, you know, your desires and how you want to conduct business and, and you know, and your preferences and taking that content and that data and marrying it to, to make a better experience. You know, and, and where I think eventually it will go is I think, uh, you know, you, everybody talks about uh, digital footprints and, you know, just, you know, your, your own, you know, online identity and, you know, that, you know, information will be consolidated and, and there will be adequate analysis behind it that you should be able to demand a high level of experience. You know, you, you shouldn't ever be in a situation where, oh, man, I really don't want to talk to, to this company that, you know, that's going to be really bad because I, I think those companies won't exist. I think that uh, what will happen is, there will be such democratization of service, uh, of, of product, I should say, that your service will be the thing that differentiates you. And you've already seen that by, you know, look at the, there's companies that, you know, if you were, you and I were sitting down having lunch, you'd tell me, man, I, I would, I would go out of my way to buy from this company versus that company. Uh, you'd be a real advocate for them. And generally that advocacy isn't just because you love some particular product. It's because of how they make you feel and how, you know, they connect with you in a way that other companies or other entities don't. Yeah. No, that's great. And uh, yeah, to, to not be needled and find that sweet spot. That's a, that's a great answer. Very cool. Well, um, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us on the Silk and Slopes podcast, Nate. It sounds like uh, you guys have plenty of awesome work coming down the chute and uh Look forward to you guys' continued success and thanks for all the support over the years.